0: Along from Hall to John Dawn. This is Bevan inside steel, beautifully tackled by Ray.
1: Kicked on by John Taylor, it on by Barry John. Can John make it? This would be a remarkable score.
0: Welcome to another Six Nations special episode of the Attack in Scrum Podcast. And what an opening weekend it was. Uh, absolutely bizarre, berserk, absurd uh, rugby on offer and none more so than in Cardiff on Saturday where Wales very nearly pulled back the uh, most absurd of all comebacks. So as you can imagine we're going to be diving into that but unfortunately it's sad news that we've we've got to start with as you'll have heard. Um, Barry John uh, has died and that's naturally the, the place where we're going to start. I'm joined by by Yes and George uh, to talk through all of this. Uh, hi Yes, how you doing? I'm all right,
1: thank you, Jed.
0: Yeah, I'm. Well, as I said, we'll start with Barry George. Uh, Barry, George Barry John. Um, I mean, it's hard to. It is hard to get too hyperbolic about the influence that Barry John had on the on the sport, not just in Wales but across the the whole of the sport, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, you just look back and you just think he he's got 120 points and he he retired he retired at 27 and you kind of go oh all right Uh, you know and the the impact that somebody can have in that short period of time um it just test is sort of testimony to the fact that it isn't really about numbers Mm -hmm. in the end it's about seeing people doing things that you've never seen before Uh, and people playing in a way that you've never seen them i I don't know about you because obviously you're considerably younger than me but um barry john was just predated my sort of regular um, regular going to international matches Mm. and so it's always kind of you the players who are just before your time are kind of cloaked in a kind of in a mystery that is obviously heightened by the same old clips time and yep. time and time again uh, like in sort of Adam Curtis documentary or something <laughs> to see a snatch of the same thing in and re- repeat his little dancing feet and um, it just I, I I just think that also You know the other other players then are are mere mortals. So obviously Phil Bennett is a player who's immortal. You know who who quite rightly deserves the accolade of one of the true greats. But when you've seen them play, maybe a a game that they weren't completely on song, uh, and you've seen them you've seen them sort of um, you've seen the the magic, but you've also also seen the kind of the ordinary humanness of the yeah of them, as it was probably Barry John was the first was the last of the players that just about got enough there are enough visuals and enough uh and, yeah and enough mystique enough. as well yeah it's just enough whereas after after he retired I guess there was more rugby on television mm. and uh so people can uh remember these times you don't see Uh, aspm sticking sort of clips of of um barry john playing you know in in, on a muddy field somewhere with david perry jones commentating yeah that just doesn't happen so there is a there's a magic that that as well i'm always fascinated by by these these figures that you don't actually know uh you don't know what the what they what they were like apart from what you saw and what other people say about them I think it's uh, what the
0: other people say that makes it so amazing like you say there's so much you know we live in an age now where every game of rugby is you know is televised or streamed in some way or another so if you want to go and you know and uh, and relive you know the Netherlands nearly win Yes, so you, you know you can do that. All of that is available, but as you say in, in Barry John's era, you've got the 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 folklore that goes with it, which in a way does you know does overly romanticise it. But also, it's I think the the thing that sticks in the mind is the opinion of of the New Zealand rugby fans as well, who uh, you know and the press, you know, who spoke about that that performance in 71 or those series of performances and how commanding he was. And, you know, there's no one more, more skeptical or cynical than, um, you know, during a Lions tour than um, than fans and journalists of uh, of New Zealand and he completely won them over with, you know, with such a dominant, uh, such a dominant display. And I think that's the the thing, you know, those are those, um, those stories that, that live on and, and had that, had that real impact. But also I think you're right. There's something there is something about retiring at 27 as well at the peak at you know, at the peak of his powers and shocking everyone and versus the, you know, I guess, you know, Benny, and I'm not comparing, you know, there's no need to compare the two because they're both, you know, of godlike status. And um, but Benny had to endure kind of tougher times at the end and captain in the lions and in really difficult circumstances back in New Zealand and all those and all those things that that don't, you know, in no way take away from from what an incredible player he was. But I guess it's not as easy to create the that immortal um, that immortal figure <laughs> when you. Or it's easier to do it if you haven't been through that rough patch, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, it's I mean, with Bennett, and I, I know this is about Barry John. With Bennett, yeah. the, he had that opportunity as well. Then towards the end of his career to play club rugby mm. like like a god. He he was untouchable towards the end of his career. He, he, it was almost like he'd regained all his powers, uh, that he had in, you know, in his, in his younger days. And I suppose we always just think what, what would have happened? What if mm. Barry had carried on, et cetera, et cetera. But so every outside half in my youth, uh, in, as a child and as a teenager, it was always Barry John. It was always, it wasn't because Bennett was there and, Mm. you know, and a a host of other great players, you could see them. They were flesh and blood and Barry John never felt like flesh and blood. And so Mm. when I, when we were gnashing our teeth with frustration, perhaps we were always, it was always Barry. Where's, where's our Barry John? Where's, where's Mm. our and Without again, without, without sort of um, being too glib about it, the closest thing I've seen was Jonathan Davis. You know, mm. Jiffy, Jiffy was that sort of mercurial talent that that um, seemed to transcend the sport in 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 just in the way that he and the attitude he played. But what I love about yeah, the thing about Barry John was it just it, it it is about the magic. It's not about the numbers. It's not about the tries. Yes, okay, of course, 1971 and the Lions' victory in New Zealand is the thing that crowns the story. But it really was the way that he glided, the way that he held the ball in two hands, the fact that he was so yeah. slight and elegant. And I'm not sure he, he had much of a kicking game, by obviously not by modern standards. You know, he would struggle to, you know. It, but it, it was about the magic of a running rugby player who just seemed to be able to uh, make the players around him play brilliantly as well, as well as being a real mercurial individual talent. And I guess to a certain extent, those kind of players are usually seen as not selfish, but almost, you know, when you think about players like in football, like Glenn Hoddle or somebody like that, Mm. they were too, they were too good for the rest of the team, but I don't think that was, Barry John, he seemed to, you know, make the most of, of, of what was around him
0: as well. So um, but that, that team as well was just, you know, was, was littered with, with stars and, yeah you know, and legends. And that's the thing is, you know, to be able to stand out in a side, in a side like that is, um, again, is, is testament to just how much he captured the imagination. And I think you're right. It's again, obviously I've, ne- I've never seen him play. My knowledge of, of Barry John is like, like many people, um of my age and a bit older is is watching the crown in years vhs on repeat and uh you know and it's it is stuff like that because it's just it's incredible to just remember a time when when wales dominated the world you know and and it's he and he was so central to that um so yeah, you know, obviously there's there's a there's a degree of romance about it, but that's that's the beauty, right? Because it yeah. is you know, like you said, it's not about. Don't deny it, the um, romance. The romance yeah, no. is what
1: we is all we've got. This is the theme of the weekend, right? The romance is really the romance is what it's all about.
0: Um, all right. Well, let's let's move let's move it on to the to the weekend then, and uh, yeah, let's debate romance versus pragmatism because you've had some great listeners' questions in, so I'm going to pepper them throughout the throughout the uh episode this one is from gary mason is focusing on our second half 25 minute spell a wild goose chase is it realistic for wales to play like that from the start of a game what do you reckon us
1: i don't think it is if the circumstances i think what yesterday served to prove if anything is that um you can't you you, you you rugby is a, obviously a, almost a systemic game, and I admire those who play it the best, and you know, and everybody admires it. But the certain set of circumstances that made yesterday's second half happen were not—they weren't tactical, mm. they weren't selectorial, not—they were partly all these things, but they weren't all to do with, or they weren't to do with. A motivational hiding at half time perhaps i don't know what went on there well ju- but,
0: judging by the third try that scotland scored within minutes of the uh, of the second half uh, second half beginning perhaps it it wasn't the motivational masterclass at half time
1: it just it's just it is it's about the thing that we love it's the thing mm. that the thing that you can't put your finger on it's the th- it's the it's it's the magic and the circumstance and the heart and I've never been in the stadium before, when fans have been laughing before half time because when another overthrow goes awry in, in, in at an attacking lineout, it had got to a stage where it, it or it was a late kick off, right? And we all know late mm. kick offs tend to be tend to. Be, it's quite hard to stimulate the 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 crowd have already been stimulated to the max, and sometimes yeah. they get a bit sleepy and a bit dozy, and sometimes they get a bit disillusioned quite quickly. This was the people were laughing, you know, they were they, and and not with a kind of it was almost it's a it, it felt like that thing that you hate about going to these games, which is people are just having a day out and it's. You know with josh navidi playing djing at half time you know and everybody's just just it's like going to spoons really uh but with you know if spoons put a mini rugby pitch in it wouldn't be very much different or prism uh so it's you know so that it it was. It's a very laboured answer. I'm sorry, but my feeling is that it wouldn't have made a difference because I don't think. I think a unique set of circumstances in rugby is what we love, mm-hmm. and what happened yesterday is was not. I don't think you could replicate it. No, I don't think you could replicate the set of circumstances or the heart and the soul. I'm not saying that they haven't got heart and soul because they clearly have. I mean nobody is turning up there not wanting to do their best. Yeah. And and also it's easy it would be so easy for somebody like me who's just an absolute you know pain in the neck idealist sort of to say oh well you see if you start if if you get systems obsessed then you don't you know you don't play what's in front of you. But it, it wasn't that either, you know. It was just all it was a whole load of different things, and it was just it was just great to see. And I, you know, you know, perversely thought everybody left, you know, just pleased that that the team and that a bunch of people who were representing Wales probably did their very best and their utmost to 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 pull it off and showed a ton of heart.
0: Yeah, and that's that. I'm gonna. Perhaps pour a little bit of cold water on the romance for a bit, for reigniting it towards the end of this. Because I mean, look, the, the first half was so awful, and and to get back to get back to the kind of what went right in the second half and things like that is actually a lot of the nuts and bolts did just go right. You know, Elliot D came on and made a massive difference with his darts, and we and most of those tries were scored off driving line outs or consistent pressure. And um, you know, I you know again, I. I hate to hate to do this on today of all days but it was a question of the first half we didn't win the collisions we couldn't tackle our carries were hopeless we kicked really poorly it was a modern thing and and we got those things right in the second half so yes there was was that brilliant bust from wayne wright and rio dyer flying down the wing and and that Tompkins offload to to thomas williams for the for the mispass you know all that all those those lovely things as well but ultimately i think what got us the points and got us back in the game was We managed to have a driving line out and we managed to make some tackles and and play test match level rugby and but the thing that is encouraging and heartening and the romantic bit is this is a really young set of players and that could have been an absolute dicking of the highest order and to find that to find that spirit and dig in that's something that you know that you can actually cling on to and go you you have every right to feel proud even though you've even though you've lost that game by a point and and it's really frustrating because we should have won it. You know, we should have won it. And I know Gatland has seemingly kind of thrown Josh Adams under the bus a bit by kind of publicly saying, and and it was a soft penalty. He will know that. I perhaps wonder without blindly defending Gatland. We know that he knows generally how to push players' buttons. You know, and, and I imagine Josh Adams is the kind of player who will respond from that. I reckon he'll get picked again next week and will come back a better version of himself because, you know, I think he is that really driven character who responds to adversity you know he' was let go of the scarlets to start of his career and rebuilt and worked really hard became a test lion et cetera um I'd rather get didn't do it in public i think it's just not it's not it's not a modern look is it but um but nonetheless i think yeah there is there is something within that side that I hope that they can that they can build on and we saw it during the world cup admittedly with a lot more experience around them but there is, you know there can be a real sense of belief in them. So I I think, I I don't think that 25 minute spell is a wild goose chase, but I also don't think you can ever, ever play as badly as we did in that first half, even for a 10 minute spell of a test match and hope to win it. You know, I think it's, um, yeah, it it has got to be, I I hope that there there really is something to build on um, and, you know, and what a game next week to go into to try and build and get something out of.
1: It was interesting. I'll I'll counter your cold water with some extra hot hot water. I don't know how this works. Uh, yeah, it's I, just I, I, everything's I, yeah. just gonna turn tepid, isn't it? Um because I don't think, right, had Wainwright not busted, had had yeah, win yeah. It, had, win it, had win it had it not been that that, that 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 we've all been, you know, in like you know the local Tiddlywinks championship sort of thing. You know we've we've had a kind of boost to our confidence, and then we're going... And we also know that over-adrenalised rugby players have a tendency to throw the ball over the back of the mm. lineup and straight into the hands of the inside centre of the opposite team. Mm. But I genuinely think that, that 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 those are. I agree with you completely on everything you say. But I, I think that the added, the added, the added sort of element is is that one broken tackle that one pass that goes to hand that one um and, and obviously good decision making and smart decision making you know it's it's emphasized by that the fact that as jiffy was crying out that i could see it in the pitch that they when it wasn't going to the line before kicking and wasn't yeah. they we were losing the kicking battle it was just from literally the first kick you said you know, you could see we we were done from where when you were in the stadium. It it we had no menace or threat at all in 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 that game, but we did repeat ourselves and we did repeat it almost and into the second half. And where we where when it should have should have been ten yards further up the field before before releasing the ball, and clearly they made a decision. I think after that to. And it was really interesting what um Finn Russell said afterwards because he threw his players on. Yeah, there. that
0: was interesting. And I thought a, a, really a very interesting that. post-match captain speech. I know
1: I loved it because obviously, you know, we, we like a bit see a bit of honesty and a bit of openness. And and you know, the last thing we want is another the boys did great, and we got a lot of learning to and when we review it on Monday, but he did. He said the coaches were instructing them. The players were being instructed from the, from the skipper, and they ignored the they ignored the advice. They kept on committing to the ruck and they kept on committing offences. So, you know, as again as we know, there's nothing worse than for bad decision making than being under pressure. And that part of that pressure came from the physicality of the Welsh, and part of that physicality came from something that's that we've all been even on a rugby pitch in school we've seen a player just decide that they w- they won't take it anymore and they're going to just make a difference and I think making a difference rather than it is it, 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 yeah it, it's um you can't bottle it really so uh but it's a combination of the two things it's it's a renewed accuracy matched with uh, a sense that a sense that they're not going to allow this to happen, you know.
0: Yeah, I think uh, just while we bring the first part of the show to a conclusion, a couple of players that I mentioned there who I you know, thought were absolutely yeah. so I mean, Wainwright was, was brilliant and, you know, quite rightly, you know, man of the match in a losing cause is a really rare thing. And, yeah, um, and, and, all, it,
1: and it also just... It's worth mentioning. I you know, can you throw the ball to a player more in a line out? And just yeah. it basically you might extraordinarily predictable tactics that Wainwright had to you know, Wainwright had to work so, so hard to win the ball that he that he won in that in the, in the line out. Remarkable, on top of everything else that he was doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a I mean one of those what I'm trying to think you know though over the last 10 15 years but those standout individual performances you know I think like Luke Charteris against Ireland I remember as being just one of those absolutely you know superhuman efforts this was in this this was in that same bracket it's just you know a, an ability to keep digging and keep performing, and and he was absolutely awesome. But I think you know, and again, I mentioned you. Know, I thought I thought Rio Dyer grew grew in confidence. Elliot D had a big impact off the bench. Most of the bench did. Thomas Williams is playing the rugby of his life, and uh, you know we'll come on to selection at the end. But yes, you know a, a loose kick for the first try, but after that, he you know he, he terrified them. He absolutely terrified them, and that was a you know a brilliant thing, a brilliant thing to watch. And um, but the one player I think. You know, who, outside of those who deserves a huge amount of credit, is Tommy Ruffell, so just you know kept. I think it was him and him and Wayne Wright were probably the only players in the first half who came out of it, you know, with any positive positive credit really, and to just keep Wales in the game by being an absolute terrier at the breakdown and tackling and just isn't that you know like there is an animal instinct about him and I, I just it's he is he's an exceptionally brilliant player and we're very very lucky to have lots of you know lots of uh talented open sides in Wales and you know he probably wouldn't be playing there if Chuck Morgan was fit but yeah he's, he's exceptional and that was another massive performance and it just keeps coming and if we're going to get anything out of this Six Nations you need him and these players to, to keep backing them up really
1: and you it that's this it's again that unique set of circumstances that that was the game at that point, that needed somebody like Tommy Raffle, to, and I, I, I can remember turning round to like the whole. The, there's a, I sit in front of a box which is usually full of absolute twats and uh, <laughs> people who are people are just talking about their loft extensions for for eighty minutes. It's tedious beyond belief. And yesterday was full of it was full of people from Swansea, obviously. So they were great, you know. Obviously, no, they they were really lovely. Um everybody when raffle won one of the breakdowns everybody just got on their feet and were just screaming his name it was so exciting and he you know he's got that sort of like slightly mad look in his uh, eyes. oh the eyes. eyes yeah yeah, yeah. Eyes. Caught, like,
0: if i saw him Tommy in, a, in a pub and you call no, oh shit he's seen me the pub you know, nutter has seen me he reminds me of the look in the
1: eyes of somebody I saw in a pub in Newport in Pembrokeshire at a wake at about two o'clock in the morning, having having just come back from the Gulf War. And he, looked, he wanted to fight my friend, Paul, and uh, he was kind of determined. And Paul was not really that interested because we were at somebody else's wake and he was determined. And that's the first time I, yesterday I thought... But mine, I, I went straight back to straight back to the show in Guire in, in Newport Pembrokeshire uh, for a, for a second yesterday
0: yeah and again that's that's probably the uh, the kind of analysis that you get on most rugby podcasts um, that that is that isn't that's the, uh, the the testament of what you want from an open side flanker and it is for me I'm, I'm 100% in on that wild looking Tommy Raffles eyes. love him right let's take a quick break and when we come back we've got loads more to look at and we will at the end of the show take a look at the other games this weekend as well uh, and all that's coming after this quick break
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly
0: Right then, time for uh, a few more questions. Justin, yes, let's take a look at this one from Davey who says, uh, Costello doesn't look ready to return to Test Rugby, having played very little since the Rugby World Cup. Is it time to look at other options off the bench? Lloyd will probably start, but I don't think Evans is the answer either. It's such a crucial position and one that we have very few options for. Yeah, I think we're absolutely right. We don't have a huge amount of options here, particularly with Bigger and go going at the same time. Um what are your thoughts on what Wales should do next for the for the game at twickenham well again with my
1: um romantic hat on uh at a jaunty angle i've always had a thought that johan lloyd was had sort of potential all-round potential as as either a 15 or or a 10 to be perfectly honest uh they kept on saying he's Another fresh-faced one off the bench. He's not very fresh-faced, is he? Let's face it. He's, you know, he's for, you know, he, he looks like a kind of old, an old twenty-two-year-old. Yeah, he know, does, doesn't he? It. <laughs> he looks like he's he's seen a few things in his time. Um, but uh I would, yeah. Listen, they they must see something in Kai Evans that we haven't seen, and I think it's not just dependability, and it's not just he's got a big boot surely there's got to be there's got to be some i guess a sort of measured dispassionate way mm-hmm. of playing that, that that people think he's calm under pressure and things like that i but i would be i wouldn't be i wouldn't be happy to see him on the bench at 10 at footwickenham um and i think i think you you can't say you know this is a classic this is like watching slammed the last series of slammed all over again you can't just put a another in can you and you can't um you know much as i laughed my head off at the time because I, I, even though gareth davis is a lovely lovely man i i loathed him as a player. Mm. Um, uh so you've yeah I think you can't you can't just say project Costello's over and done with and he needs to spend some time back in back in the regions because that's the last yeah. thing you need you know and obviously there are no regional games anyway so I just think he, you put Costello on the bench and you start with Lloyd and see how it goes
0: yeah it's interesting because again it's hard to know and he yeah he had a, he had a dog rough game um Sam Costello but it's hard to know whether that was the the circumstance. I saw a really good tweet which said for some reason we asked Sam Costello to play like Rob Andrew for 40 minutes. And it and it was like that. He was so deep and kicking. And it was just it looked very much like it was under under orders. And he's got a good kicking game, but you know, there's there's a lot more to his game than that. He can get the backs outside him going. I mean, I love Johan Lloyd, and watching him this season has been one of the few things that that Scarlett's fans can get excited about because he's such a brilliant broken field runner and his first instinct is to go and attack and I and I do love that so from a personal perspective I'd love to see Yoan Lloyd start if Costello passes um HIA protocol and stuff which I haven't read about I'm guessing uh, I'm guessing he probably will I I would I definitely have him in the in the squad it's just whether or not yeah you go for um you kind of back him and give him that you know like uh, yeah in, in cricket where you, you back your opener through the series to to find uh to find a, a runner form and, they, they clearly rate him, and I, you know, and I, and I get that completely. As as for Kai Evans, he's not played any rugby at ten this year, and certainly not much rugby at ten this year. He's been been deployed largely as a fullback, and you know, I think we've there are there are more exciting options at fullback. I don't know whether he'll be in there for the for the long term as as kind of a ten cover, or um, or you know, it will be it will be fifteen that's his um, that he's that he's more likely to to get a look at. But yeah, again, you know, clearly. Clearly, they obviously they obviously rate him to a certain degree, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I think again, you've just got to for this particular game. I don't think it would be throwing Sam Costello under the bus to put him on the bench, given that I think Lloyd will just get a bit more out of that, get a bit more out of that backline, and be more of a threat to an England side that's in transition as well. And that's the thing. I think you you can either think defensive or you can say right, what would that England? Def, what would that England? Uh, Coaching setup like to see? Would they like to see Costello in there? Or would they like to see Lloyd? And I think they prefer they prefer to see Costello in there, given that he's had a bad game and he and, and Lloyd, I think, just plays that bit more fearlessly. And in a side that's you know, in an England side that's just starting to get to know each other, there will be opportunities to to run at them and and find chinks in the armor. And yeah, so for me, I'd, I'd go for it. Let's get let's go attacking and get him in there.
1: Yeah, if you were like an Ospreys fan and it was your birthday party and you wanted to have a, a kind of Dan Bigger lookalike turning up at your party, and if Sam Costello turned up you'd be you'd be a bit disappointed. So you're right, that that was just the wrong the wrong call for the wrong player, wasn't it, really? And that, this is where we this is where we bang on about the idea of players having to fit into a a, a clearly defined pattern of play, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm, you know, I, we have applauded Gatland, rightly so, for years and years for playing to our strengths, and I think that, um, you know, let's that, let's build that... let's
0: build on that because I've had to get again another good question in. This one was from Lost in Yorkshire, and uh, it says, "Is Gatland the right coach for Wales at this time? I am a fan, but should we stick with him?" it's clear uh, that the players that we have um, need to play to a quicker tempo, uh, which is, you know, not historically the, the Gatland style of play.
1: It's a good question, but I, I think again, I, I just, I just, you just don't want to chuck the baby out with the bathwater and it's, it's a commitment and there are certain things that he does better than most coaches in the world. And, there are certain things that we've always thought that um perhaps he's he's you know we've criticized him for being overly conser- conservative at times and i just think we've got he's there now we've got you know he's got a good he's got a good coaching team around him he's clearly got you know we, we were always we were weeping you know we were weeping about the uh about the departure of Sean Edwards, but. You know there is there was some I right up even in the first half i know we've made some crushing terrible errors but that you couldn't you know there were i, I still think partic- you know the, i still think that the the defensive lineup looks okay you know it's not I've seen more embarrassing. I've seen I've seen fewer embarrassing first half performances, but I've seen worse defensive displays in the first half. That sounds totally contradictory, but I've seen more shambolic defensive. Um, you know, uh, well, the, the thing is
0: as well, we we have had those uh, those occasions, at, particularly at the start of Six Nations under Edwards as well, where you know again, I think back to Ireland in 2013, where just we weren't there, and that's the probably the closest I've seen to. That Scotland before uh, the performance against Scotland in the first half, that that one kind of springs to mind. We have had those first games where we are just not there at the races, and yeah, defensively, yeah, it, it was it was all over the shop. But again, the the digging in, particularly in the second half, just to keep you in the game, knowing that you couldn't afford to concede any more points in the game, and even right at the end, you know, whereas as I, I know it was ultimately futile when Van der Merwe was held up over the line. But again, just those bits of you know, I can't remember. If it, maybe it was, it was Dyer managed to get his leg under the ball. Um, but I think it's those, it's those kind of you know, cute things that, that are good. But in terms of Gatland being the right coach, I, I think he's got to embrace, he's got to embrace the skill set that these players have got. And I do agree. I think it has to be, it can't be. You know, we're not, they're not big enough to to do that. Get the the traditional. No,
1: and he ha- and he hasn't done what perhaps people might have thought, which is okay, even. The idea of, you know, he he sees Mason Gritty turn up on the first day and goes, great, I've got a, I've got a Jamie Roberts clone coming down the road mm. in a couple of years' time. I don't know whether that's his plan, but I don't think even, I think Gatlin, you know, the coaches are now really super aware of the way that the game is involving. And, you know, these kind of, you've got to get the ball away from the ruck in, in you know, 0.5 five seconds or whatever. And the presentation of the ball at ruck time is really important to get the ball away. And that obviously that's where, you know, Gareth Davis was, was, I, you know, not, it's not all his fault, is it? But he, he took, a, he carried the can for that, um, in the first half. And, um, so I, I, yeah, in short, let's not, let's not start undermining the, the, the situation, by any further because he's our coach and he's mm-hmm. going to do the best that he can and I would like if you had somebody waiting in the wings who was just screamingly obvious that was a, a Welsh coach who was who was you know leading La Rochelle to sort of European glory and we're mm-hmm. going why is he why are they not talking to him or you know then it would be obvious but I, I just there isn't you know, there isn't a screamingly obvious alternative, is there? I used to bang on about Pat Lamb, didn't I? And mm, that did. Something, that's something that, you know, you haven't heard me sort of uh, saying much about that in the last couple of years. Yeah.
0: There is an Irishman coach in Lariselle who I'd be quite interested to have a look at at some point down the line, uh, particularly given that I think Ireland, the, the, the talk seems to be that when Farrell does move on, that O'Connell will be the front runner and they want to promote and keep that kind of the continuity candidate, if you like. And so, you know, I think uh, and that would, make for, would be a very interesting appointment
1: and would make for interesting press conferences again as well. So, you know, yeah, it would. absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. He's uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I but yeah, for the time being, I think I think so. And it also particularly at the start of the start of the Six Nations where there has been something, you know, you'd hope that there is something to build on. I'm hoping it's one of those moments like New Zealand in 2003. Where all of a sudden it was, oh, geez, we've got, we can do something that other sides in the world won't enjoy. And, you know, admittedly, we didn't win that game or the game against a game against England, but it, it was the start of something. And that, that was the seeds for 2005, wasn't it? We're, we're kind of all, we're all built there, that style of play.
1: And it's, it, it goes back to the, the, the idea of um, Costello or Lloyd. It's, it, look, the, the, we've got what we've got. And, mm. you know, I think what I, the, the vibe yesterday in the stadium was, you know, if we, if we surrender meekly, then it's going to be, it's just going to be horrible. You know, nobody wants to see any team that they support just going through the motions and taking hiding and then saying, well, you know, we're, we're bu- building, you know, these players are becoming more resilient to every hiding they're getting. It's like that it doesn't work like that, you know, and eight yeah. A, A, A caps in. And, you know, we, at we may we may only win you know we may win one game this year you know but in in that in the realistic state of of mind if we only win one game if we can put three good performances during that period then you kind of go well there's something to build on but the real the realistic kind of prognosis is it, it's not about ne- necessarily about winning right now no, I don't think but it is. And the real test is not.
0: Late,
1: right? Yeah, and it's certainly not about playing efficiently to a pattern either. You know, and and then just losing by twenty twenty points. It's about, it's about, um, it's about players, you know, showing exciting potential for the future.
0: Yeah, I think like to look at because the thing is we're yeah we're reaping the. um what what's been sold at a regional level, right? And if you don't invest particularly well in, in your club rugby structure, as we've covered a number of times, you end up with your know, difficult circumstances that we've seen the regions in at the moment. The you know the encouraging thing from there is the crop of young talent, which has been fast tracked into the, the Welsh side out of necessity. But if you were to look at the two things that I think are encouraging from regional rugby, it's the heart and the the grit and the determination that the Ospreys have showed. And I think that's something again that you know, that you want to instill into into this Welsh side. And I think you know some of those players. Yeah, you know, weirdly, there's not huge chunks of the Ospreys team in there, given that they're the one punching above their weight at the moment. But I think you know in players like um, you know to to a certain degree, Adam Beard, who seems to be you know kind of much maligned and um, you know, certainly didn't have his best game yesterday. But those players who are down there, I think you can really bring in. Bringing that sense of that sense of backs against the wall. Let's let's go and do this, and let's you know let's dig in really deep. And just because the things are st- the odds are stacked against us, you know we're we're certainly not going to cave in and let anyone let anyone walk all over us. And then the kind of I guess the the ambition and the the encouraging performances that you're seeing at Cardiff, although they're not winning games, they are winning fans. You know, and that is that is happening. There is clearly a sense down there that that you've got a crop of young players who are particularly you know local lads I mean I don't know I don't know if this is gonna get overly political or make me sound like some kind of UKIP dick but um which I'm certainly not but like I don't know there's something a bit cynical about the the Scottish approach to recruitment from my point of view and they're not doing anything wrong and I guess you have to and it's not like we don't have players that are um from different you know from yeah I guess you know through on on residency as well but I don't know I I kind of would rather would rather be in our situation where they're all you know largely speaking the squad is made up of players who um have come through have come through the Welsh system are homegrown players that's, that's why I don't want it to get into you know some nasty nationalistic debate because if you you know if you move if you move somewhere and you you know I remember speaking to Willis Halaholo about this and he's you know he's very very passionate about the fact that he's lived in Wales a long time it's been a really good you know it's been a a great country for him. His daughters were born there. He's got a huge uh, affinity and affiliation. I just think that that's different than a player who's kind of been plucked out with a very cynical view to live here for a couple of years. And then you can pull on the national Jersey, which is just, I don't know. It, it can just dilute the, um dilute the, the essence of the international game, if you want, I, this is dangerous territory for me because it's yeah, and you know, we've done it.
1: You know, we've been we've yeah. done that before, haven't we? We've 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 yeah, been yeah. we've done it plenty of times before. But the the it's also worth pointing out, and you're in a much better position to comment than I am. It's like the dragons, man. It's like the the dragon the 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 beaten and bloody dragons were mm. responsible for. A significant portion of the under 20s team that played yep. on on friday night and and obviously there were dragons in right at the vanguard yesterday afternoon so yeah and there, there has, gotta, to, there gotta, there has be to be something. some hope
0: there has to be some hope when you look at the under 20s and so and i'm, I'm not I don't, know, I don't want to feel like i'm slamming scotland here but again their, their under 20s has been a you know it has been a struggle for you and producing Producing homegrown talent has been a has been a struggle for them, which is why they you know they bought in a lot of a lot of kind of foreign imports and stuff. And I think that it's a um, even though that our, our club sides are not in not in not in the greatest nick, the talent is still there, and there must clearly be enough interest in, in rugby in Wales to be producing to be producing these players, even at, at a region like the Dragons where you don't you know. We win one game a season or whatever it is, and it's you know. But the the talent keeps coming through, and you just got to fight. yeah, just got to find a way to make these these sides more competitive. I've got massively off piece here, but um but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. these It's just these crumbs of the crumbs of solace that you cling onto in another batshit mental year of Welsh rugby. That, but that's know, what the, we've got.
1: To, that's what you've got to do. You know, yeah. it's it, it sounds their job right now is not to go off and and promise that they're going to win a triple crown or a grand slam their their promise to us is that they're going to entertain us and 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 uh, make make us proud on their behalf you know uh make us happy to 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 see them play well you know ultimately it's not about us it's about us mm-hmm. going what what a brilliant thing to see Rio Dyer in full flight what what a great thing to see Cory Domachowski's like ludicrous commitment to, you know, to the cause or, you know, players that you don't have a natural affinity for necess- even, you know, and you just kind of go, you know, wh- where did that come from? And just admire it. You know, you want to see players realise their potential and it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to win much, but it, I just, that's, that's all we got to go for at the moment until, until for further, until
0: further notice. Until further notice. Right, we are going to take one more quick break and then when we come back, we're going to take a look ahead to that game at Twickenham, uh, which which takes place next Saturday. Uh, We're also going to have a look at some of the other results and performances from this weekend as well. Uh, But first, we're going to take a quick break. Right, looking ahead to next week, uh, do you want to look ahead now or do you want to quickly talk about Ireland-France? Um, because, again, it was... Yeah, uh, yeah let's just do that.
1: Yeah, go on. Yeah, it was it was weird because uh, I suppose in the way that we weren't sure whether, whether it was partly Scotland's... You know, Scotland were beating themselves up about being rubbish in the second half rather than saying that we were great. And obviously, we <laughs> focused on the fact that we think that we were great in the second half. Similarly, Ireland were you know were Ireland fantastic. I I actually didn't think they were as fantastic as they've been, and and that's a high. That's a very high water. You Mm -hmm. know, they fair play. You know, they they they've absolutely made my jaw drop at times in the last year. But France were just. I just really surprised how how uh, how how uh, they seem to be in, in disarray at times and um even though they they just kind of like show, they they showed they kind of kept within within touching distance through grim determination uh it didn't really look like they were they were ever going to really uh yeah i suppose there's always a possibility of snatching a win when you're not playing very well but they weren't playing very well were they
0: no they weren't i i'm more inclined to say that it was as a result of Ireland piling the pressure on though I think if you look at the halfbacks who we know are quality yeah quality although you're missing Dupont and Tomek you still have you know two truly class halfbacks in France and I just thought Ireland put so much pressure on them the the whole time and then you know again nuts and bolts from Ireland line speed the carrying was great Joe McCarthy looked every inch a test match animal and and
1: Nets, right How,
0: yeah. Where it's like unbelievable yeah and Tyke Byrne as well who just oh. you know, again continu- continues to put in big performances kind of doesn't matter where he's playing and you know I, I think that it, it was just yeah really ruthless and efficient from Ireland and that put the pressure on the, the French and yeah and, and for once they didn't have an answer which you know they've you know obviously in the, the World Cup they didn't have an answer against South Africa but it was the you know again Test match rugby of the highest level, whereas actually this one, Ireland were playing at a top level and, and France couldn't couldn't cope and, and and ran out and ran out of puff, which was un, unexpected. But um it's gonna be hard to stop Ireland from here, isn't it? You know, I, I I predicted France to win it and obviously they they didn't do it, but it's, I, I just think those two teams are in another league compared to the the other four sides in the in the tournament. So from here on in, Ireland have got every chance of going and slamming again, haven't they? Yeah,
1: totally. That would be a shock, wouldn't it? If it if it wasn't, the, the, what what are the odds? You're a
0: betting man. I'm a betting man. I don't know now, actually, but yeah, I don't think I don't think you get a huge amount of value in it. And no. yeah, it's you know, I, I think it's just it's just because they are that you know they are that good. I mean, the the brilliant and the the beauty of the Six Nations is that you do just never know, and it could be one of those where I don't have a slightly off day, and England turn up and have a you know have a great day or, or whatever, or you know. Now that Scotland have broken their card of Hoodoo, maybe it's you know, maybe it's time for them to to do the same in um against the Irish. So you do you do never know. But certainly in terms of what we've seen on the opening weekends, I, I don't know. It's gonna be hard to see any side matching Ireland, I think. And uh, injuries and suspensions and whatever will happen, they've just got so much depth, you know. They're just constant conveyor belt of top quality talent to to choose from. So yeah, I think they've they've got um They've got themselves in a brilliant position by winning that first one. And again, Farrell just he knows that he knows how to get the most out of that set of players.
1: I, I managed to uh sort of miss the the uh England, the Italy England game. Um just sort of wandering around town in the rain. Um what was how was I, I saw snatches of it, it didn't yeah. look particularly
0: Kind of un- unconvinced, unconvincing, I would say, would be that. Uh, interestingly, I think a lot can be said by Steve Borthwick's pre- and post-match reaction. You know, kind of before the game, the talk was, this is a really well-drilled set of players. And genuinely, straight after the game was, we look like a set of players who haven't played together that much. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think a lot can kind of be read into that. And, you know, I'm still undecided with this. Because they've got, again, a crop of really talented players Particularly the Northampton and Harlequins bunch, you play exciting rugby. Steve Borthwick has made some tinkering to his coaching team, which makes you think again. There's going to be a degree of you know a degree more enterprise out of them. But then I just don't know if that's in his nature. And kind of looking at the selection, I thought, well, the bold call is to go from for Finn Smith from the from the get go, isn't it? And and go for him and have his you know have Alex Mitchell inside him who he knows from from club rugby and has that shirt on merit and. I just thought perhaps that was a little bit of a um you know yeah a little bit of a a conservative call and maybe we're gonna see more of that. Um yeah, you know, Italy again had had opportunities and gave them a little bit of a gave them a little bit of a scare, but just couldn't quite stay in the game um for long, you know, for long enough periods to uh, to to kind of really challenge. So don't know, yeah, but I think it's kind of what you'd expect because England have had a huge turnover of players and Italy are under a new coach and they're at home. So I think it's, yeah, it was kind of bit to be expected, unconvincing, but also if England then go on and have a blinder against Wales, all of that is all of that is forgotten very, very quickly. So I don't think they'll be dwelling too much on it, but you didn't see, you know, you didn't necessarily see a huge amount out of it. Ethan Roots picked up Man of the Match award, which is, um, uh, you know, which is a, a big industrious performance. Um you know, again, some of the other some of the other players settled in well, um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think, yeah, it will be one of those games that will be forgotten quite quickly, and the rest, yeah, you know, how England go will will depend on the other fixtures now. I think.
1: Yeah, it did seem a bit weird that the one game that you'd start your raw ten at would be it would be, be a test, obviously, but it would be a good test to have in when you've you've won 30 games on the bounce against the team, yeah. you know?
0: And I like, I could understand as well if, you know, if George Ford had been, you know, cause he's just coming back from injury yeah. and hasn't played particularly well for sale and has looked like he's kind of finding his feet a bit, you know, if he'd been in blistering form or, you know, had carried on, you know, had carried you know, on in the vein of some of those bigger World Cup performances. Yeah.
1: Chris Ashton was saying that he is the sort of player, you know, there are certain players who just bounce straight back in, like, like mm. fallato tends to do. And, um, and then there are players who just need need a bit of sort of need time. And he's one of those players that he said that does need time to settle back into things. But you know, he's yeah. I mean, I, you know, boy, it's gonna be, I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be I mean, <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen. Yeah, as I've said,
0: as I've said numerous times on this podcast, I hate these weeks. Like I really do. Like it's yeah, just the same. same. You know, like if we're playing the all blacks. You know, and you know, it could be, you know, it could be, oh, you know, more than likely you're going to lose because that's what's happened my entire lifetime. But there, there is an excitement about playing them always, even though, you know, it's going to be an incredibly tough encounter. Whereas with England, it's just like, I don't know, it's, it's there's just, there's too much at stake. There is too much at stake. Whatever, whatever state both sides are in, playing England is just never... I can never enjoy the door. And even if we win, it's relief rather than joy, I think. Like I don't know. I, I find <laughs> oh, the game no, so, Yeah, no, that's true. But... 2008
1: was not that was that was the joy unconfined. I'd never heard yeah. a bit like that in my life. But, I think uh, so. I was
0: there, I was there for 2012, which was my equivalent one of that. That was just yeah, the Scott uh, Scott Williams ripping the ball off Courtney Laws and then score. I was sat kind of directly looking at the ball as it bobbled up. Um, as it bubbled up into into Scott's hands, and just again, that might be the best thing I've experienced in a in a stadium in my experience of watching as a fan. Um, so yeah, well, you are right. But the build up the build up's unbearable.
1: The same poll that was threatened in the showing choir Arms in Newport, Pembroke,shire was the same. Was uh, approached Leslie Vinercolo outside the the stadium at about seven thirty. And Unlucky Leslie said, "Unlucky," and um, patting him on the back. Um, who Leslie didn't look particularly
0: amused after that. Um, I think the yeah, only thing so- that could have made that better is if he'd have called him Les. <laughs> yeah, I think that would have been, you know, as if he was a, as if he was a kind of flat cap wearing Northerner uh, rather yeah. than, um, yeah, rather than a, a hugely built um, man of, uh, yeah, of uh, Pacific origin. Um, but yeah, yeah so. Uh, we we uh, yeah we I mean we're
1: we're jumping ahead. Are we are we going to talk? No, are let's gonna... do it.
0: Let's let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk England there. So I think for me it is, it is about what frame of mind these these players go into it without trying to sound like Jake Humphries. It's it is like they just got they, if they if they go into it with a sense of belief and and that like, kind of like fearlessness that they played the second half and that's the thing that I think is going to be more important than the than the, the selection. They've they just got to go there thinking, look, England will have watched that second half of, of Wales and thought, oh, bloody hell, actually, maybe, maybe there is something here. And, and you just want to, you know, th- there is an opportunity to catch England cold because they're, they're building. And, um, and, you know, it's a set of players who are unfamiliar with one another. So I really hope again, it's almost like a bit of a, this is a, this is a shot to nothing. You've got a free hit here, go out and play with the belief. And, and the, the drive that you can go and do something special that will again will really get people get people on board again. I think it is it is that performance and the style and the manner of it that if they can do that um and just keep us, yeah, get us get us believing again, it will do a huge amount for this side and we will keep people on the yeah. side and and we'll have the patience. You know, we'll have the patience with that set of players.
1: Get them believing. You know, the, yeah. the, in you know that that's that's the thing. You don't want to lose. By fourteen points to a a lackluster England, yeah, who didn't actually turn up. If England turn up and they're they're excellent and they put us they 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 butcher us, then so be it. But that's that's the thing that I hate the most is losing to a bad England side, not losing mm. to a, to a good one. Yeah, um, the losing, cancer, losing at the- home.
0: The counterpoint yeah. to the to my Scott Williams experience was what would it have been five six years earlier in a World Cup warm up game where they beat us whatever it was sixty three five and it was a scorching hot and it was kind of their second string as well and they completely put us to the sword and it was a scorching hot day the bar had even run out of beer so we sat there drinking kind of stadium stadium red wine in the blistering heat (laughs) while getting absolutely, absolutely mullered. Like every time they had the ball, they scored a try. And yeah, again, there's a few feelings uh, as bad as that. You just want the the ground to to swallow you up at that point.
1: I didn't mind losing. I think it was the one after 2000, after 99. Mm. So it must have been 2000 in Cardiff, was it? No, that was no, they would have been percent. a trick on them. them. Yeah, so it was two th- maybe two thousand and one then in Cardiff. I'm thinking, mm. did, did Will Greenwood score about forty three tries? That that,
0: that happens day. every I seem to remember. every bloody year in my in my all in, I can all I can now.
1: remember is Will Greenwood's blonde hair just like flopping yeah. over right under the post, time and time again. Like again, like yeah. one of those kind of like an Adam Curtis thing. Like it's just on repeat, and um, and I it didn't hurt then. That's the only time it's never hurt because Mm. because of 99 yeah i had i was armor plated and i was like whatever we did you know we literally we you know we did you in the most ridiculous circumstances but uh yeah that never lasts does it so we're back in now we're just kind of sitting here grimacing for the next five days and uh just hoping that if they're great fair enough if they're not good then we've We've got to just go for them, and we may not win, but as long as we give a, a good account of ourselves and and don't butcher line, you know, any attacking line. Well, you know, you can butcher one, yeah. Yeah, we'll allow one butchered attacking lineup, but not. But that's enough, you know.
0: Yeah, that in fact, that was a question we had in actually from Daniel Former. who said, "How can we fix the lineup?" I mean fight a quid for every time we we ponder that on here um well we've we've talked
1: about it we've we've been really generous i think and we've talked about the fact that it's just it's systemic and you can't blame the two and it's and we're obviously always doing that with dewey lake because we want him to be the best hooker in the world and we always just think well it's probably somebody else's fault because he's great and the truth of the matter is actually when elliot d came on they were still doing the same thing but we didn't we didn't make as many mistakes.
0: Is so, that enough to get? Is that enough to get him a start? Because it would be for me this time round. And I don't. You know, I'm not. There's no point. Uh, it it would be the hot,
1: ha- no, it would, and and again, people were saying to me, "Oh, Elias, Elias, Elias," and sort of, and I was going, "Do you remember him in Argentina, where he was just, you know, he was heroic, and we were we were up against it in on tour, and he was just amazing, and he's been, he was amazing in South Africa as well, wasn't he?" And during and, the work,
0: during the World Cup as well, he made that he made that position his own, even though his competition was, you know, was the co captain, and he, yeah, you know, he's he's put in some big performances. I just think that. Yeah, it did. It, it's it's so hard but to it, know whose fault it is in these in these scenarios. But D came on; it made a positive difference. So for me, I'm. Just, I just think you've got to. Yeah. you got to reward and them. I think
1: for me again, it, it it's it's also to do with these motivational abilities and the fact that he's, you know, he's he's not he's not gonna, you, you know, he he's not gonna he's not gonna be scared, is he? You know, it's not that's not what he does. And so he'll yeah. he'll take the field and he'll and you know you'll get hundred percent out of him. And I'm not, yeah. You, you, how can you not reward somebody for a for a, for a good performance? It would seem counterintuitive. I'm almost sure that there will be we'll be scratching our heads a little bit. I don't know when the team announcement is. Does, do we? Is there? I imagine <laughs>
0: it'll be Thursday.
1: Yeah, and we might be scratching heads and going, oh, really? Shouldn't. You know, one of these players, like they might not start with Lloyd or they might not start with Thomas. They might not start with D. One you'd imagine that one of them might not make the starting lineup and we'll be a bit disappointed.
0: Yeah. And nine in particular as well is one that so often you see the guy with twenty one on his back have a better game than the guy with nine because the game has naturally broken up a bit more and you spend the first hour of the game box kicking and after that things things do change a little bit. So so it, it, it could be that one. I hope that I hope with that. Let, let's let's have a look at actually what what you would do for for the for the game. And what changes would you like to see?
1: I'd probably like to see Will Rowland come back in if he's if he's training this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would. I get I get what you're saying about. I think Josh Adams has to be given another go, but I think there is a sort of beginning of it's, it just feels, I don't know if it feels like he's not quite as dynamic or as dangerous when he's cutting in or there was one Mm -hmm. point when he got the ball in the second half and you just thought, Oh, that's, that's it. He's got the energy back again, but that energy just hasn't been there a lot, but you just see this physical energy in players when you're, even if you're a, 80 yards away from mm-hmm. them and you've had you you're on your fourth pint of pale ale um you know you still see that kind of like dynamism and you want to see that like you said maybe maybe that's why he was thrown under the bus but he he's got to be it's got to be i know it, mason grady on the wing against in england is probably
0: not a good it's not a good it's, it's not I did, right yeah time. i I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would have been tempted to go with Grady for this weekend, just on how he's been playing for Cardiff and the the job he's been doing for them on the wing. He's looked, he's looked really, really comfortable on the wing, and that at the moment, I think is 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 his best position. But yeah, I mean, I think for me, I'd stick with Win I would probably stick with Adams because you know, Grady's going to have an impact coming off the bench, and whether that's you know with fifteen to go or with thirty to go, that's that's someone who will make a big impact. So I'd stick with Adams on the one wing, Dyer on the other. Tomkins, I, I think North comes back in. Yeah, um, I think that's a fairly easy, easy swap. I would go Lloyd at ten, and I'd go Tomas at ten, and just say, right, let, this is this is a kind of a bit of a statement of, of how we're going to play this game. In the pack, um, not sure about Rollins. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think he's he's an awesome player. It just depends on on match fitness. He's missed a couple of weeks now, um, yeah. but. If they're you know if they're happy that he's fit, I'm more than happy for him to to, to go in there. Um, back row, I'd start Alex Mann. I just thought the balance that Miles better when Alex Mann came on, and I know he's raw and he's played like ten games of professional rugby or whatever it is, but uh, I don't know. You know if he's if he's good enough to come off the bench, have that impact, make it score a try on his debut, and then you know he is just he's a proper six, tackles hard, um, pain in the ass, niggly. Looks like he likes a scrap as well, and then you've got him alongside Ruffell and and Wainwright. Um, You know that's that's a mean looking back row with with plenty of balance in
1: it. And it's also it's also notable to say with Man that the back row didn't give any penalties away today in the second half. No, they didn't. There was a discipline there that that what you know th- so the over eagerness that we were talking about or that kind of adrenaline and stuff often that spills over into kind of you know props getting pinged for for not you know for for not release not releasing but you know trying to kind of uh, you know getting it getting the hands on the ball or all sorts of different things and they, that actually was I thought that was quite heartening as well it wasn't just the fact that we we bossed the game but we didn't actually commit any any over eager defensive even right at the right at the end there when there were like five six Mm. and they weren't you know scotland weren't they weren't mucking about you know they, they they were they were grimly determined to get that try and um and we didn't transgress then which is, yeah, is quite quite heartening, I think. So I would. That's one other reason. If a, if a back if your back row is not is not getting pinged very often, that's good as well.
0: Yeah, it is. So yeah, for for me, I'd I'd have him in there. And then tight heads. Uh, this would be a close be a close call for me. I think as to whether you go whether you stick with Leon or you or you bring Azerati on. And Azerati brought a lot off the bench. I thought. Um, so yeah, that'd be another another what did one you, to
1: consider. What did you make of the the scrums? Because they, it didn't look like we were. I mean, we won a penalty where the Scots were going bonkers because they thought yeah. they'd, they'd done us and.
0: Um, I think look, looking at the whole squad that we've got available to us, we're not expecting any dominant scrum performances. It's about whether you can get parity and on your own ball get it in and out really quickly and do that efficiency, that efficiency bit. And so that, that that's what's got to go well because it will be a different challenge at, at Twickenham. Um, Scotland have you know have struggled for tight heads them, themselves, and you yeah, know I'm guessing England will probably go Marler and Stewart again and. You yeah, know, Marler's a Marler's a, a brilliant scrummager still. So um, I think that that's going to be yeah, that's going to be interesting, challenging. But you just you just got get you just got get your game right, have not you? And and as Gatlin's always saying, there's only a you know, there's a lot more breakdowns than there are um, than there are scrums. So uh, yeah, you've just got to execute your your game. You got to execute your your game absolutely well. And he's picked a squad that that is. Built for mobility rather than scrummaging, but that said, you know Azarati, I think has got. He's the one in the squad who's got something to build on and and become a you know become a um, a scrummaging test tighthead. So, so I don't know. I I wouldn't have a problem if he came in for for Leon. I don't think.
1: What do you think? Predictable, you know. Like, is there any point even even predicting a a a scoreline, you know?
0: Well, yeah. What did, what, did, what did I predict last? week? I predicted Wales twenty-two, uh, Wales twenty-two, Scotland twenty. Which at halftime, I was looking, I was looking spot on. Then I was like, "All right, perfect. Twenty-two points away, twenty-two unanswered points," and it wasn't a million miles from the truth. It was absurd. So, um, yeah, God knows. Um, I think it's what the, the thing that's really difficult is after the first week. You do normally get a gauge for how sides, how settled sides are, and what to expect for them. But I don't think either this Wales side or this this England side has. Given you a true reflection of of where they're at at the moment, I would expect Wales to be a lot better from the get go. Um, I, I predict, you know, head, head says England will win because they're at home, and we haven't won there for a long time now. And but Hart says, Hart says you you play like that. And again, I think you, we just need those big performances. You need Wayne to back it up and have another big one. And it's, a big great anyway. it's, it's a big ask. Anyway, but it's a big ask. ask. It's a big I don't, ask. I think. You, I think you need other players. Have an, you do, yeah, you do. But I think if if you see him, if you see him back it up, you go, Oh, Christ, hang on a minute. This has gone from being, oh, Aaron Rainwright's a really solid, dependable, excellent uh, test match player to oh shit, this is a guy in the form of his life. This is you know and then I think it just raises everyone else's confidence when you see someone playing at that level, rather than looking at the team sheet and going, Oh, they, you know, we've we've lost all our world-class players. Suddenly someone is stepping up to that mark. And and I think him and REFL. And, and those players can do that. I think they've got they've got it in them. So I think it's to see those players who performed well last week back it up with another big performance. I think I think will help, and you'll see the other players grow in stature off the back of it.
1: Well, there must be a cult of rain right thing going on in Brighton because everyone who serves in coffee shops appear to have exactly the same hair and um, and what what a look his what, what It's, it's such at, a brilliant throwback look. To be in, I assume that he lives in the Newport area. Uh, he's certainly not. He doesn't live in Margate, uh, which yeah. would be more suitable. Uh, so I think, I think, yeah, hats off to him for that as well. I, I mean, I, lo- I really. love to
0: think with him as well. It's not, it's not in some ironic way. I think he looks at the eighties and goes, "Yeah, that's great. I want to look like that." Yeah, right. yeah, that's amazing, just, yeah, just ma- magnificent. Um, the close-ups
1: yeah, so t- the it. close-ups on TV of his fringe was just like, "Oh, oh. this is great. This is great." Because you know, on the Netflix documentary that oh god let's not go there that's interminable toss um <laughs> sorry <laughs> um just, uh that you know when when the hairdresser with his uh with his he's got like one of those walkers um lights on his forehead and he's yeah. cutting ellis genji's hair in his bedroom before the match and you just think yeah yeah that's that's fu- that's fine yeah you do that you have like a 200 quid haircut from a bloke who looks like a, an unemployed minor um you know but I'll have I'll have Wayne right. Wright's hair every any day yeah. of the week
0: yeah I will um I mean nothing nothing bad about him um and let's hope yeah let's hope this time next week we're sat here reviewing a um a performance that looked like the second half rather than the, the first half because Jesus if yeah if we thought it would have been bad getting a hammer into Scotland imagine that Imagine that to England, so let's just think, think optimistic, I know Murph uh, we spoke to Murph on the uh on the whatsapp group, and he wasn't buying it, so um no. I hope that I hope that this is this is the moment where we can uh yeah we can back it up with a big performance and yeah, just it's something to believe in, isn't it that's all we want
1: yeah, and they've given us they've given us some reason to believe in it haven't they so fair to, fair play to them for doing that. Fair play to them.
0: We're we're in that rare moment where both of us are being optimistic. So we better call it uh, we, we better call it a night there. So a big thank you to Justin for joining us. Thank you to everyone uh for listening. Uh thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee. If you want to get some uh, get some coffee in for the uh for the rest of the six nations, you can do that at so Um and if you go onto our Twitter page and go via the link on there, there's a discount code as well. So yeah, get yourself um, get yourself a little offer while we're on there, uh, and we will be back to talk rugby with you very very soon. Thanks for listening.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.